got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today it is Sev. Hello, Brian. Hello, AEW Galaxy. Brian, as they always say, and by they, I mean myself, if you work hard enough, eventually your work will work hard for you. So this week... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not even a stable. It's a pay-per-view. But uh, we got a ladder match, an unsanctioned match, a blackjack battle royal, a special guest referee match, a fatal four-way, an anarchy in the arena, potentially an open house match. This is Stippy or Nothing. Stippy or Nothing. You finally got what you wanted, man. Most matches on Double or Nothing have a stipulation attached to them. Stippies everywhere. No tar pit matches, though. Oh, no. Little steps, though. Little steps. Little steps. We'll get there. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby, Baby steps. steps along the way. <laughs> Fantastic. Special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme of the podcast. Go check them out where you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you chose and listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers. See what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week for Wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. Sev, we got our big announcement last Wednesday. Collision is coming. AEW Saturday Collision. It is a beautiful logo. Harkens heavily back to Nitro, right? From like the mid 90s, like 95 to 97 or 98 Monday Nitro. The logo looks very similar. And supposedly there is going to be a lot of influence in the presentation of Collision that harkens back to Nitro. But anyway, we got our big announcement. It was accompanied by a graphic, right? Like a a poster of sorts with quite a few people on there. We had the House of Black, including Julia Hart. We had Powerhouse Hobbs, Miro, Andrade was listed on the actual poster. Thunder Rosa, Samoa Joe, MJF. I'm trying to think if there's any others. Um, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy was on there. They did say the champions would be appearing on different shows, right? Like the if, if you hold a title, you're not subjected to just dynamite or collision but um it does sound like right that we are gonna have certain people like we talked about no one backstage knows if it's a hard roster split yet supposedly uh no one actually knows if it is going to be one roster collision one roster dynamite or if they will change it up weekly right and i think that's what they do i think they change it up weekly but i could be wrong I could be wrong. Yeah, sounds to me like, uh, for instance, um, we had a QTV segment this week with where they mentioned Powerhouse Hobbs, and then they also mentioned Miro in the same sentence. Correct. I think we'll get a Miro Hobbs feud, which will only stay on Collision. So therefore, like, if your if your feud is on Dynamite, then you're not going to appear on Collision. To further that feud, it will just stay on the show that it's on. And then once that feud is over, if you get a feud with someone else, it might move to a different show. Like, that that might be how they do it instead of doing it weekly. Maybe they go by feud, right? 
maybe maybe they do something similar like that. Um, what was interesting though, they had a bunch of like confirmed upcoming dates for Collision. Right, we had quite a few uh, with our debut date on Saturday, June seventeenth at eight o'clock on TNT. Collision is going to be a two-hour show. It mm-hmm. is going to be live weekly, and they were not able to announce where the debut is taking place on June seventeenth. Why, Brian? Why? Well, let me tell you why. We know June 24th is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We know June 29th is in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We know July 8th is in Regina, Saskatchewan. And we know, yeah. <laughs> we know July 15th is Calgary, Alberta. And July 22nd is Newark, New Jersey. July 7th or June 17th, however, the debut supposedly is the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. But it was not able to be confirmed because. CM Punk is no longer confirmed. Someone spat their dummy out again. <laughs> this guy can't stop being a moody ass. <laughs> yep. So, so apparently, I guess Ace Steel had been rehired by AEW several months ago and has been working remotely, mm-hmm. which, whatever. But. When Collision was set to debut, CM Punk was under the impression, and I guess it was agreed upon, that A Steel was going to be like one of the main producers or someone backstage at Collision. And within the last week, they changed their mind and they said, no, that's not going to happen. So now Punk is not a for sure thing. There's still time to sort this out. Tony Khan did say last week when he made the announcement of Collision that this week, right, this Wednesday, he would be saying where the debut episode is taking place. Mm -hmm. So they had time, right? They had an extra week to hopefully sort things out and and get Punk back on board. But what if it's not? What if they don't? I've heard that Daly's place in Jacksonville is the backup for the debut episode of Collision. Yeah, and that that would be fine. It'd be like an homage. Um... But yeah, seven seven days for to go punk sort it out or just gonna leave you behind. Um, and if they what? can't if they can't get it sorted out, what do they do? Should they keep trying to sort it out, or do they literally just fucking move on at this point? Move on. Like, how much should you have to bend over for one person? Like, it seems like TK has to go out of his way just to. I mean, you to... you theoretically fucked him on one of the biggest days of AEW's history, announcing a brand new live two hour show weekly at the War upfronts right you really fucked him over by saying oh well if ace deal isn't going to be there i'm not going to be there that's a massive slap in the face to tk yeah yeah to tk i thought you meant to cm punk no yeah, no, no 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 to tk like you're giving cm punk another chance right you you hired ace deal back remotely after biting Omega, like, yeah, he probably shouldn't be backstage. There's no reason he should have even been rehired. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're doing all these things to appease him. And at the one of the biggest fucking days of the company's history, and it's only been, what, a four-year history. Like, it hasn't been around that long. Uh, one of their biggest days of their history, announcing a brand new show that is going to, I think, change the game, right? It should theoretically change the game for AEW because now they're going to have a lot more network primetime TV to dedicate to guys that we weren't seeing every week. A lot of everyone's complaints are going to be solved by introducing this new hour or this new two hour show. And just think of how much excitement from the casuals from the non-fans even, that there would have been if CM Punk's name were attached like it should have been last Wednesday when this was announced. Yeah, he does He does draw, but then he also comes with his own numbers. He does. There, There's legit numbers behind it, dude. 
when he was appearing for that year on Dynamite, those were some of the best Dynamite numbers we saw in AEW's history. Mm-hmm. He does bring eyes. So I think it's smart for him to be there. I just wish he wasn't such a fucking dick sometimes. Yes. But um, it's smart for him to be there because he brings the audience and he gets you what you want. But at some point, like, there has to be enough. It does. But then there's always that little inkling of, like, what if, if it's all the work? If, or what if it's all the work? Or, damn, if we could just sort it out, maybe Collision and Dynamite go back to a million plus weekly, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's always got to be in the back of your mind, too, because it's a business. Yeah, business-wise, they definitely want him there. But, like, morale-wise and PR-wise, it looks bad, doesn't it? It does. It does. It does. Are you excited about Collision? I am. I'm excited to not have to rank Rampage every week and maybe focus on... Yeah, so we're less than a month away, dude. Literally, we only got a couple more Rampages to rank, right? We (laughs) won't rank next week because of Double or Nothing. uh, Or this, I should say this week, right? We won't rank this coming up Rampages stuff because Mm -hmm. we'll be just focusing on our Double or Nothing review. We'll have two rampages to rank after that we'll rank the one on june 2nd we'll rank the one on june 9th but we won't rank the one on june 16th we'll rank collision on june 17th instead (laughs) we only got two left after today nice nice so we'll definitely be changing up how we do the show in a couple more weeks right we're about a month away or so um we will likely do what we do now right open up have a little chatter talk about something big that happened over the last week move into our rundown of dynamite and then we will talk about Ring of Honor on Thursday, you know, just doing a quick rundown. I'll point out anything special that happens on Ring of Honor like I usually do because I'm, you know, I still watch weekly. Uh, and then Rampage will do the same thing that we do for Ring of Honor, right? We'll just basically run it down. But if something special happens or if a big match takes place, we won't rank it, but we'll talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, of course, we'll rank Collision. Collision should be a lot more fun to rank. If they fuck up Collision, then they then they just don't know what they're doing. But you have another show that you can treat like Dynamite that should be a focus, right? There should be massive storylines. There should be your top stars appearing weekly. There should be storylines that lead up to matches at pay-per-views. Yeah. Like, Collision should be treated like the same level, same tier as Dynamite. Exactly. It's basically Raw and SmackDown. It's yeah. not Nitro and Thunder. No. <laughs> Thunder oh, was no. Thunder was never really treated the same way that Nitro was treated in WCW's era. Mm-hmm. So Thunder was all right at times. There was some good stuff on Thunder, but Thunder by and large was a massive AEW rampage. So yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm excited, man. I would love to go the day to the debut of Collision. Um, if it is in Chicago, I know I won't get to, but I would fucking love to be there. I think it would be massive. Uh, crowd would be on in uh, on fire, especially if CM Punk's gonna be there. But um. I'm also curious to see what homages they pay to Nitro. Like, I'm thinking entrance ramp. On the left and right, do they just have AEW as letters on the left and right, like WCW oh, used to big, have? Uh, serrated steel. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sick, dude. And it's like scaffolding entrance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I would tunnel. fucking love that. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be very, very nice. <laughs> I hope they don't have a heel tunnel face tunnel, right? Like, I want it to be different from Dynamite. Mm-hmm. There should just be one center entrance. Put your letters on the sides, right? Maybe put the announcers off to the right-hand side of the entrance ramp instead of the left on a pedestal because that's where they used to sit on Nitro. Make it feel and look like Nitro if that's what you're going to do. You already kind of did with the logo. Go all out at this point. Do it. I completely forgot that we'd get like a new set and stuff. Yeah, that makes me very excited. Should get a new ring ring apron, maybe even a new like ring mat, right? Um, fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what they do. I can't wait to find out more. 
I'm curious to see what location they announce this Wednesday night. If they announce Chicago, if they announce the United Center, we have to assume the issues with CM Punk have been addressed. Yeah, I think that's why they're waiting on the Chicago Center, isn't it? If they say Chicago Center, then everyone expects Punk. If Punk's not there, then it's a big dud. Um, Yeah, so So we'll see. If they announce it, if they announce Daly's place, then we can assume CM Punk's not going to be there. (laughs) Yeah, see you later. Yeah, all right, man. Shall we get into, we have some predictions to make at the end of this episode. Obviously, this is our last one before Double or Nothing. So we have quite a bit of predictions to make as we get to the end. And we always talk a little bit lengthy when we're making predictions. So we likely will move through Dynamite and Rampage a little bit brisker than we normally do. Um, Moving into Dynamite, you and I ranked nine fucking things. This is, I think, the Mm -hmm. most we've ranked in a while. Uh, But it's the most amount of segments that actually mattered in a while, right? Like, leading up to the pay-per-view, I think. Uh, It was that that classic... uh... Two week build, 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 build. Yeah, they're gonna throw like seven matches at you that are taking place at the at the pay per view in one one night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember these two people? They've had like three matches over the past month or so. They're not, they're not having a match. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got the segments though, so you're gonna take the lows. What's your number nine? Let's see if it's my number nine. There's no way. If we ever pull off a full house and with a stacked show, like, you know, nine things on there, we'd be we'd be on another level. I think we screw it up right away. What's your number nine? Number nine for me. Um, it's gonna be, I'm, I'm, bless it, I haven't got his actual name, so I couldn't remember it properly. But this is uh, Sammy Guevara versus Optimus Prime. Exodus Prime. Exodus Prime. That's actually my number nine as well. Off to a great start. Off to a great start. This was an instant squash, dude. I, it lasted all of 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it was anything really worth 29 seconds, according to pro wrestling fandom. But literally, Sammy hit a knee in the GTH and that was it. So they must have walked and circled around each other for 10 seconds because a knee in the GTH doesn't take that long. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and then Sammy got on the mic and was like, I made some mistakes, uh, but you've watched me grow. This was a baby face promo. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. Is he out of the JAS? I don't think so. They didn't make any reference from being it. They have not made any references to him in the JAS at all, though, as of late. Okay. Every time they show the Jericho Appreciation Society, he's not there. Like, if is he in line for a face turn here? He might be. Especially, like, if you look at the way Ty has been backstage, right? Like, trying to set him on the right path. You know, don't lay down for MJF sort of a thing, right? I wonder if maybe they're both turning face. Okay. But he doesn't have a face face, does he? He has a heel. He- doesn't he does <laughs> but i'm thinking as they get ready to figure out who's going to be the main faces and heels for both dynamite and collision right they're going to have to make some changes sammy and ty might end up being some of the stars of collision okay yeah especially because they've been a massive focus on uh all access on wednesday nights like they're besides adam cole and Britt baker sammy and ty are like the two other main stars of that show okay that's pretty cool i was not aware of that so maybe we get uh, face Sammy first heel Andrade on collision then. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's spicy, spicy. Yeah, after their issues, right? Backstage. Right. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of of Sammy's promo that he cut here. I mean, I appreciated that he did try to lean into the babyface mentality and, you know, talking about wanting to right the ship and how he's made mistakes and how we've seen him grow from, you know, a prick to still a prick, but, you know, a better prick than he was. I was thinking that I should start chanting, you're still a dickhead. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But this was all right. It was my number nine, though. It didn't do anything for me leading up to Double or Nothing. 
And I'm terrified because they've already announced this Wednesday night we are going to hear from all four pillars, right? So that's going to be all four of them with a microphone. This is not the way to blow off your go-home show, right? They should do something else besides a a microphone battle between these four guys because MJF's going to win that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we need, we need at this point, we need to think that he's MJF has very, very little chance of walking out uh, with yeah. that title. And I don't think there's anyone that believes he doesn't walk out with that title. Right, exactly. So... Yeah, we'll see what they do, man. Um, this was my number nine as well. Let's see if we have the same number one. Number one for me was the False Count Anywhere match. Chris Jericho taking on Roderick Strong. Ah, oh, no, we didn't. That was not number one for me. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't know what to put as number one. Um, I thought there were some good things on this dynamite, but I didn't feel anything really, really was great. Um, I didn't think we actually had any like over the top. I didn't rank anything above an eight. I didn't give okay. anything a nine or anything a ten. This okay, I gave an eight. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't give I didn't give anything a ten. I didn't give any. I know exactly what you gave a ten. I didn't give anything a nine. Um. I gave, uh, what did I, how many eights did I give? One, two, three, four. I gave four eights, four eights. Um, so I kind of just picked between my eights what I enjoyed the most. And you know me, you know my style, you know what I tend to like. I like the chaoticness of these hardcore falls count anywhere, weapons, you know, fight can go anywhere. I like that shit. I tend to really, really gravitate toward that. So this, to me, was a lot of fun. They did a lot of stupid shit, right? They went and fought out into the crowd. They smeared cake or pie or something all over each other's faces. And ice cream, wasn't it? From the ice, ice cream, cream something. It was something from somewhere. I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was. But it looked awful. It looked awful. Like, it did not look PG. Fair, fair. Did you notice it was uh, Maddie Renkowski at the uh, ice cream stand? I did not notice that. Maddie Renkowski was on Ring of Honor this past Thursday. Thursday night in a match okay. so that would make sense fair, fair, yeah but she's working the concession stand now i think um, <laughs> obviously she was uh not working the concession stand she was a fill-in <laughs> but damn yeah, yeah that would be hilarious <laughs> what are you doing this tonight on dynamite nothing i'm just running the concession stand yeah but this was fun um you know they they did a lot of fighting on the stairwell leading up to the corridors along the arena, right? At Roderick Strong dropping Jericho a few times along the the railings leading down the stairs. Um, but eventually, right, they battle to the outside. They go outside, which is exactly what we expected them to do, right? Mm-hmm. We expected them to do this. We were hoping that they would go outside and we would see, like, Adam Cole battling with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Kyle O'Reilly there alongside Cole, you know, as a return. I thought that would have been dope. But it was just Adam Cole standing right by the doors waiting for them to appear outside and uh as soon as they did he was all over jericho which you know what it worked and i liked it and i like that roderick strong was able to get the victory uh in a fucking pile of mulch right <laughs> in the dirt yeah yeah it was good um i especially enjoyed the uh yeah, as you said when they were fighting the stairwell and they went over the rail and they were stood on what was essentially like a big pipe cover in it. It was like yeah. hanging over the stairs. That was very, uh, very funny to see them fight on. And then, like the very beginning of the match, like Jericho was against the rope, and uh, Roderick Song just like kept running past and elbowing him. But um, he was just like wheel, wheel, 
like a back and forth, like bumping him. It was so funny. I thought that was a brilliant set. Um, you yeah, you got to yeah. imagine Roddy is so happy to be here, though, dude. Like he's back. He's back with his friends. Like he's gonna get used a lot more. GK seems like he's a big fan of him. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. he's got to be happy. I'm sure there were parts in this match where you could see him smiling. Um, so yeah, I definitely think he's having a fucking whale of a time. You know what I didn't like about this though is What's that. that? They decided during this match, while they were fighting in the corridor, to have Excalibur announce that Superstar Billy Graham had passed away. Yeah, I heard he said someone passed away, but I didn't catch who it was. But yeah, yeah. yeah I think that needed better timing, right? That kind of seemed insensitive. You you announced the death of of a legend. Obviously, this legend never worked in AEW, but he's a legend in the industry. Um, passed away from cancer i think it was not 100 sure but uh that moment needed camera on the announcers right no hardcore yeah, yeah. violence taking place alongside the announcement right that's that's the type of moment that needed that should have been saved until after this match right it could have been between this and rush and jungle boy I didn't. I didn't like their timing here. I thought it was very, very poor taste. Yeah, it could have just been a graphic at the beginning of Rampage and then a, a Welcome to Rampage. Our thoughts and prayers go out to. Yeah, they um, could have even waited till Friday. Yeah, they didn't have to do it on Wednesday. Exactly. The Rampage episode two or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was definitely poor taste. They need to work on their timing and um, just sensitivity, I think, involving things like that. Um, but yeah, match itself was great. I enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Uh, so back to number eight for me. Yeah, number back eight for me. Uh, the low number eight for me is uh, Wardlow calls out Christian. It's my number eight as well. Oh, uh, so I'll start this off by saying uh, Wardlow needs to put some socks on. This uh, sock for bare feet in shoes is just gross. They also should not put Wardlow in an in-ring segment at the very start of Dynamite. This is how they kicked off the show. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. Um, he called a Christian and Luchasaurus. Um, I didn't think it was particularly wrong at all. Um, and then once they, they started brawling and like, Wardlow just didn't look great. Like he had a weak lariat. And his yeah, and then he, he got picked apart really quick. Like he... Yeah. After a low blow from Christian, I think, hit the low blow, right, was Luchasaurus was kind of battling with him. Um, Warlow looked really weak here. Like, this didn't didn't set up a great match for the pay-per-view. And he, uh, yeah, yeah, he took a chair shot off Christian, who went to hit him, like, directly in the head. But, look, Warlow had his arms, like, right out for him. Like, it was, oh, yeah. There was nowhere near any contact with that. It just looked, if you're going to do it, if you don't want to take the shot to the head, that's fine. Just, I don't know, take it on the back or something like that, rather than hand straight out. And I think, yeah, I think this segment made Warlow look very, very green. Yeah, then, there were some Christian chants that started to break out. I think some people are starting to get behind Christian now again, which is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Christian definitely looks super great. And then a little bit afterwards, we got like a little uh, segment with Arn. Uh, Wardlow was in the back with an ice pack on his head. When <laughs> Arn walks in, he just like grabs the ice pack and throws it. Throws like, it, almost almost fucking threw it right at his face. Yeah, he's like, uh, I told you should have been there. should have been there. And Wardlow was all like, oh, you see what he did to me? And he's like, yeah, you know what he's going to do to you. Look, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh, no, I'll challenge him to a ladder match. <laughs> like a, fucking, oh, a ladder match, which Christian is synonymous with winning. Yeah, great one, Wardlow. <laughs> That's because Wardlow got chokeslammed through a ladder, right? That was propped up in yeah, the ring. Yeah, yeah Luchasaurus chokeslammed him through a ladder. So it's where we get our ladder match from. But I was more excited for this before this segment like this kind of cooled me off on the match christian's promo two weeks ago was amazing mm -hmm. that had me excited this it puts me about where i'm like where my excitement was before christian's promo it's kind of cooled me back off on this 
Yeah, I mean, if we'd have got a one-on-one -on -one match with Wardlow and Christian, like it would have been cool to see Christian outsmart Wardlow. But now that we're getting a ladder match, I well, you can expect some involvement, and you can one hundred percent expect the Luchasaurus involvement, can't you? So, oh, it's, yeah. it's essentially another no disqualification match. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So. We'll make our predictions. I don't want to give it away. We'll make our predictions a little bit later on in the show for Double or Nothing. Oh, I didn't say anything. Me neither. Me neither. Oh. Number two for me is how they decided to close the show, which was an in-ring segment with Tony Schiavone, Don Callis, the Elite, and Blackpool Combat Club. 10 out of 10, Brian. Absolute number one. You gave this a 10 out of 10. This was your 10? Yes, this was my 10. I actually, I actually thought something else was going to be your 10. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't hate this, right? I thought obviously I, I put it at number number two here. Um, we were assuming something we were gonna get out of this, right? You and I kept speculating on blood and guts for the longest time. Um, it makes sense for them to announce anarchy in the arena. I get that, right? But we get Don Callis first. He wants he's out there with the mics. Like everyone wants to know why I did what I did to Kenny Omega. But instead, right, he starts talking about what Kenny Omega did to him mm -hmm. and it starts talking about how he's the victim and without him there's no Kenny Omega. And of course that brings out Omega. Uh, he starts running down, but the Blackpool Combat Club comes out to attack him. And then we get the Young Bucks. After being attacked earlier in the evening, they hobble their way back out and start fighting. But they quickly get outnumbered as well until the return of Hangman Adam Page with an eye patch. With a fucking eye patch. Oh boy, shit. And he, you know, helps clean house, gets on the mic, and basically confirms he's like, we are the elite, right? Adam Cole, or not Adam Cole, Adam Page is back in the elite. Mm -hmm. They've come full circle. And that's really, really fucking dope. I'm excited to see what this, what they do here. This Anarchy in the Arena match should be a lot of fun. Last time, they left um, Mox's music playing, like, for the first several minutes. This time, TK, entire match. Leave music playing the entire match. I don't care whose it is. It can be Hangman's. It can be fucking, just play New Jack's music for all I care. Play, uh, you know, Natural Born Killers. Fuck, I don't care. Leave something playing the entire match, though. As long as it's not uh, Brian Danielson's. Mox's music would be fine. I mean, I think it would yeah, get yeah. old after a while. Mox's music would be fine. Fuck, play the play the 1812 Overture the entire match. I don't care. I like that tune. Just leave some music playing the entire match because that would be sick. Leave Kansas playing. Wayward Son. Entire match. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good, good. This was fun. You gave this a 10, obviously, because of Hangman coming back, I'm assuming, rejoining with the Elite. Um, I gave this a 10 because of... What is it? Uh, Shivani starting and being like, this gives me no pleasure. It's Don Callis. So it's uh, no, no pleasure, Don Callis. Um, and then the fact that Don Callis came out to no entrance music, just security guards all the way up the ramp, just to a sea of booze. Like, no no entrance video, no music, just a sea of booze. But absolutely fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, the Bucks coming out with the weapons and they give Kenny the, the broom with the barbed wire. Oh, I didn't even mention that. No, Omega came down and then he gave it to Hangman. Yeah, Omega o Omega had the fucking Captain America trash can lid. He did, yeah, yeah. He passed, he passed his broom over to Hangman, who then raised it in the air and essentially like, charge. They, like, were, they were the Avengers, dude. It's so <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. They, they literally copied the run from the Avengers. Omega with the trash can lid, smacking it in the face of Wheeler, Utah. Yeah, like, that in my notes. Yeah. It's so Captain fucking America good. Path. So good. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um... And then, yeah, yeah, a little bit later on, we got a buckshot. I was shouting buckshot. Um, and then we are the elite. She's like, 
fucking love that. Like five minutes of TV. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was good shit. It was good shit. I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward, like I said, to the pay-per-view. Obviously, this match is, is going to be more of what I like. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be chaotic. There should be blood. There should be a lot of, you know, brawling around the arena as, as it's in the name. So I'm excited yeah. to see what they do. And I'm excited to make our predictions for this later on. Yes, there'll be a lot of spots in it. That'll be a lot of fun. Back to you. Back to me. Number uh, seven. Number seven on my list. Uh, FDR's brawl with uh, the Jarrett Appreciation Society. Okay. I had that at number four. Okay. Um, I will shout out to Tony Schiavone calling Sanjay Sanjay Good. Um, it was fucking hilarious. Sanjay did. You went back to the Coventry and they were like, Duh. and then they were just like, yeah, silence. And you could hear them like laughing and they felt like fucking hilarious. I think Tony Schiavone just doesn't care anymore, dude. He just fucks around. Like he, he's, he's, he's getting older. He doesn't give a shit anymore. He just wants to have fun. You hear him, uh, yeah, during the, like, uh, the fight feeds when they go to break stuff and he's just like, oh yeah, I don't, the jokes about like, I don't want to be married to my wife. Like, yeah. Spend time with my wife and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Hilarious. He's just, he's just there fucking cracking jokes and having fun, dude. He doesn't give a shit what yeah, he says. Exactly. Um, and then I did really like, uh, we had the Jerry Appreciation Society on the ramp and then FTR <laughs> ran out and he just like tipped, sat they, them off. He's like a, <laughs> fucking tree being chopped down dude he like just kind of fell off timber off the stage basically <laughs> yeah and then dax ripping jay's pants that was funny and then yep. uh got a massive pop from me oh my fucking lord karen jarrett appeared. she's finally here <laughs> she's finally arrived that's why I, I i actually scored this a little higher just because of the shock value of karen jarrett appearing um, I'm not a Karen Jarrett fan. I'll tell you that much. I don't think she's anything special, but she brings a lot of heat. People oh, yeah, love to yeah. hate her. Mm -hmm. People love to hate Jeff. So I think her being alongside Jeff is going to obviously just make people hate him and Jay Lethal even more. So smart that she's there. And I mean, she's somebody that a baby face can have a promo with and, and come off looking good. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like Jarrett, Jarrett feels like he's been there for a while now. He's been there so long that I forgot that like we speculated Karen could turn up at some point. And then she yeah, we spoke months shit, ago. Yeah. Months ago, we speculated that when she when he was involved in a program with somebody where I thought, like, I don't remember who it was, but there was a female also involved. And I thought oh, like, it would. Pasta kept bringing up um, Jared's wife, didn't he? It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> it was indeed. Yeah, it was Max Caster. You're right. It was the acclaimed. <laughs> I want to see them in the corridor there when she's like, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be dope. That'd be fun. Cool. Cool. I'm in. I'm in on the story now. Wicked. <laughs> But yeah, that was my number four. I gave, I also gave that an eight. I gave that an eight. So okay, you were generous. You were generous. Yeah, that was my number four. Um, back to me then. Number three. Yeah, number three on my list. I still have that left. Is gonna be Jay White taking on Ricky Starks. Number two for me. Okay. Ricky Starks with a switchblade. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a good match, right? Obviously, I was a little concerned because we expected this to be at the pay per view, right? Like mm -hmm. we expected this to be a double or nothing match, and. And based on how the match went, obviously, we're going to have a rematch at the pay-per-view. But leading up to that, it was a lot of fun, right? We had some back and forth. Uh, we had a nice DDT from Ricky Starks at one point, which then Jay White countered with his own DDT, which was looked even better, I thought. Um, Starks did escape a Blade Runner. Uh, we did see Jay White go for Blade Runner, but Ricky Starks managed to get out. 
and then we had Juice eventually come down, right? He came down with a steel chair as the ref was doing something with, uh, oh, oh, Jay White had poked Ricky in the eyes during a Rochambeau mm-hmm. or something like that. So Juice came down while the ref was talking to, to Switchblade and uh, with a chair, Starks grabs the chair and hits Juice Robinson with it. And then the ref turns around and sees Ricky with the chair and disqualifies him. Didn't use it, but got disqualified because he had the actual chair. Yeah, no, the ref was like, oh, don't use the chair. And he was like, fuck it, I'm going to use the chair. And then he hit him and disqualified him. No, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's but, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought this was a really strong match. Like, it started off. It was good. Slow, but then as it built, it was just like, oh, this is, okay, yeah, yeah, this is getting really good. This is really good, really good. Um, yes, I wonder what they're going to do at the pay-per-view. I, wonder I mean, how it's, it's, it's going to be a match between Jay White and Ricky Starks again, but I assume there's some sort of stippy attached. See, I'm thinking I'll save it to the predictions later. Okay, all right, fair. I thought it was a good match, though. I did think it was a good match. My number three, um, my second match, right, that I ranked uh, high, I, I just gave the segment at the end a little bit higher of a score than I did mm-hmm. Jay White and Ricky Starks. But besides Jericho and Roger Strong, this was my other favorite match of the show. So Yeah, this, that's fair. This is my official favorite match of the show. This is the uh, highest ranked match I have. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, so I'll have to go to my number six. Yeah. yeah, I have my five, six, and seven left now. I'm <laughs> Four, five, and six. Uh, number six for me is going to be DMD and Hikaru Shida versus the Outcasts. That's my number five. Okay. Like, this wasn't bad. Like, I really enjoyed, uh, so you'll probably bring it up, Shida's new gear. I absolutely enjoyed Sheeta's new gear. I think that uh, it's quite nice. It's quite <laughs> nice. I was, I was, I was into Sheeta's new gear. I also was under the impression, at least I was thinking, that Jamie Hader was removed from this match. Um, they said due to injury, but I assumed it was going to be to kick the trios match right, the 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 three v three to the pay per view. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a little wrong. I just assumed that they removed Jamie so that they could build toward a trios match at the pay-per-view. But we are just getting Jamie Hayter taking on Tony Storm at the pay-per-view. Um, Soraya was on the outside with Tony and, and Ruby. Um, it was a, it was a pretty good match. It was nice seeing Sheeta back. Nice seeing her work alongside Britt Baker after some of the classic matches we've seen between those two when, when Britt and Sheeta were both women's champ, right? So we definitely had some good matches in the past between those two girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was a fun match. Yeah. Building up to the the pay-per-view nicely yeah at the beginning near the beginning we got some like rapid elbows from Sheeta. they were really cool like she was looked like she was machine gunning them um and then yeah as you said like Sheeta and brit's uh offense like together they were really good they they essentially they like wiped the floor with the outcasts in this match um yeah yeah their duo offense was awesome uh, but eventually dmd did get sprayed in the face and then tony storm hit the storm zero uh, which makes sense tony storm's getting the title shot at the pay-per-view of course she's going to win and get the actual pinfall for her team here yeah see i i personally feel like this isn't the build that we were meant to get this isn't the build we were meant to get i don't understand no. why we're getting this build like i don't understand why we get this match it's yeah. fine it'll be a good match jamie and tony have had great matches in the past together right they're very hard-hitting their matches usually are fun. So I'm not upset we're getting this match at the pay-per-view, but I don't think it's the match we were expecting to get. I'm very upset by this match at the pay-per-view, but we'll uh, we'll get to that in the discussion, in the, in the prediction. That's fair. That's fair. 
Excalibur did mention on commentary that Tony Storm picking up the victory here for her team had picked up her fourth win in five days thanks to the the house rules like their house show matches Mm -hmm. and this is something that no one had ever done before in AEW so congrats to Tony Storm for actually achieving that milestone I guess four wins in five days Four wins in five days with the the house. So they ran a couple house shows the the weekend. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. So they had they had ran some house shows the week the weekend prior. I think like two or three actual house shows, which was the most they'd ever done in one sitting before. But they were all very close to each other in terms of cities. So. Um, I have my number six and seven left, so I have to go with my number six since I'm taking the highs. Number six for me is Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen taking on Big Bill and Little Lee, Lee Moriarty. That was number five for me. I thought this was okay. Um, it wasn't spectacular. I, I get that, you know, put Darby and... And um, Orange Cassidy together. Darby, of course, you want to look strong as he leads into the Four Pillars match. So I I get why he got the pinfall right with a headlock takedown, no less, on, mm-hmm. uh, on Lee Moriarty. Back to the MJF feud. Can beat you with a headlock takedown. But there wasn't anything spectacular in this match that I picked out and remember, like, off the top of my head. Um, it's always fun seeing Big Bill hit a boss man slam which he did nicely on Darby Adlin, but that's really the only thing I remember outside of Darby got the victory here with a headlock takedown. Yeah, we did get um, Big Bill, like, rag Darby. Like, he, he sort of, like, ragged him around and threw him across the ring. That was pretty cool. Uh, this is this is now, like, the third week in a row. Someone has done a uh, code red and been counted. Like, the first week was MJF. He turned into a power slam. And then last week, we got Claudio painted uh, Ray Phoenix's one. And then this week, Big Bill painted uh, Darby's one. I want to see if uh, they can keep this going. How many weeks in a row can we get uh, new inventive painters to the code red? Okay, um, fair. <laughs> it's just, it was just something I picked up. Yeah, and then also I really liked uh, Lee Murray's, like, he did like a spinning bomb thing into his crossmate submission. But like the, the way he sort of like transitioned uh, Orange Cassidy into it and like held him in his back before he spanned nine. I thought that was very, very cool. Um, yeah, we did eventually get a big code red to uh, Bill, which was very, very funny. And then a beach break and orange punch, a coffin drop. And that was the match. That was the match. I forgot Big Bill took a code red. Yeah, that was a, a massive Canadian destroyer. <laughs> that was a it's massive cool. Canadian destroyer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that's that match. That's pretty much what I remember about it. Um, I didn't think it was spectacular, but it is what it is. Yeah, I enjoyed it. For, it was the opening match. When I, I enjoyed it for the opening. It was our opening match. Yeah, after the Wardlow Christian segment. Yes, it was our opening match. Cool, cool. Uh, one thing left. One thing left. It's my number seven. My number four. Four? Yeah. Okay. All right. What is it? It's a Roosh versus Jungle Boy. This match went exactly as I told you it was going to. <laughs> it was a squeaker win. Yeah. This match went exactly as I told you it was going to last week. I said that, you know, I was actually wondering why Roosh was going to take the loss here. Mm-hmm. Um, And he almost didn't, right? He beat the shit out of Jungle Boy the entire match. This match lasted 10 minutes exactly. Jungle Boy didn't have any offense. Roosh had the entire offense. Offense all match, and then Jungle Boy rolls him up to get a victory at the end. He pulled the tights. Jungle yep. Boy cheated to win. He did cheat to win. Oh my god! Like he had to. Jungle Boy had to do what he had to do to get the result he wanted. He's willing to do whatever he has to to get that win. Ah, oh, that changes the game. Changes the game, but also does not make Jungle Boy look very strong going into the pay per view. He could barely defeat Roosh. Why does he deserve a main main event title shot? Yeah. You are not wrong. Um, yeah, he he did like a lariat to Roosh and Roosh no sold it. Uh, he did like loads of chest slaps as well. And I think Roosh was just taking them. Uh, there was a spot where Roosh like he still 
suplexed him off the apron onto the floor. That thing looked horrendous. Yep. Um, that looked super, super painful. Um, but yeah, fucking Jungle Boy rolled him up, held the tights, was uh, very, very shocked. And that was it, too. That was it. And then uh, Jose, the assistant, runs in and starts choking him, right, uh, after the match. Or no, I think it was Preston Vance that jumped in. Yeah, it was Preston Pero Perigroso yeah. that jumped in with the with the TV cable. Yeah, yeah, cable's back. Um, cable's and back. Then, and then Darby came down and Darby got yeah annihilated and he was put underneath the cable as well. And then Sammy makes the same. Sammy came down, yep. The three of them have a face off. Um, Which MJF was not too pleased about backstage when Renee tried to interview him right after this segment. He just slapped the microphone out of her hand and stormed off. <laughs> Nope, he was not happy. So, uh, yeah, that was my number seven. Um, and I gave it a seven out of ten. Like, I didn't hate it, but damn, Roosh probably should have won. <laughs> yeah, it did seem just, like we could. Just like I said last week, Roosh should fucking win this match. Yeah, it does seem like we could put four four stronger people to be in that uh, pillars match. But agreed. I do like that. The, the four we've got. How'd you rank this dynamite? You said you enjoyed this, and I yeah, think you I, enjoyed it quite a bit more than I did. I gave it a four stars. I gave it three. Oh, okay. I gave it, it was, even three stars. Uh, it felt like it was 100 miles an hour. Like, here's his build, here's everything. We've oh, yeah. Weeks, we've got two weeks to the pay-per-view, damn it. Like, I haven't done anything. I hate that they, they've done this now like two pay-per-views in a row. They yeah, did yeah. this to us for Revolution, <laughs> too, where they just build it in the last two weeks. They used to be really good, man. We would get like, we would know five or six matches that were going to be at the pay-per-view like a month before. Yeah, yeah. They, this and is what they and do as, of now. Late, as of late, they've been doing the WWE thing. Yeah, they just, they slow build it and they go, ooh, like here's long-term storytelling. And two weeks before the pay-per-view, they're just like, blah. Um, put it all out in front of you. Yep. So, it was an alright dynamite. I'm hopeful that the go home show this Wednesday is better, but I don't know that it will be. They've been really, really struggling with their go home dynamites leading up to pay per views over the last couple ones. So, we'll see. We'll see how they do. That's fair. Um, we didn't have a mention at hook at all, did we? On dynamite or rampage, there was no hook at all. I don't know if we're gonna have hook at all leading up to the pay per view. We have been uh, hooks one week uh, buy in build up match. Maybe, maybe, but because we don't have them, we're just gonna do this now. Before we run down Ring of Honor, let's move into Hook of the Week. Sev, last week I went with the, uh, the the spot in the cage match with John Moxley using the turnbuckle with the hook on the end to fish hook Kenny Omega. Um, that was my hook last week. Two weeks ago you went with hook brows. What is your? Ho- you just sent me something. You always go. You just said yeah. I sent you my hook. Okay, you sent. Oh my god, this looks delicious. Yeah, What's your so, hook this week, Sev? So this week, um, my hook comes from Firehouse Subs. And they do a subs called Hook and Ladder. Uh, do you have actually, a firehouse in the UK? We do not, know. Okay, so I've, I've eaten at Firehouse before. They have great sandwiches. But, uh, yeah, so this all came about because a few weeks ago, you brought Hook and Ladder to the theatre. And I as did. I was uh, searching Hook and Ladder to look it up during that segment, <laughs> Hook and Ladder sandwiches popped up. And I've now on my phone got a little folder of Hook. So I just like, oh, okay, I'm going to chuck that in there. Um but yeah, I went back and looked at this, and every every time I look at this hook, it makes me hungry. Um, so essentially, it's a sub with smoked turkey breast. Oh, it looks fucking delicious, dude. Virginia honey ham, melted Monterey Jack cheese, served fully involved, which I'm guessing is like all the salad, um, complete with mayo. Well, it says fully involved is loaded complete with mayo, deli mustard, lettuce, tomato, onion, and a kosher dill pickle on the side. Yeah, there you go. Fuck, I love me some mustard. And then, yeah, yeah, the sandwich. Uh, so anyone who lives 
lives. Have you got a firehouse near you then, Brian? I do. Yeah, there's one maybe 20 minutes away. Not even. Well, maybe you should add it into a rotation. Get I might need to. I know you're a big fan of turkey, aren't you? I do fucking love me some turkey <laughs> sandwiches. I'm actually looking on DoorDash right now to see if the firehouse near me delivers on DoorDash. I'm actually checking to see, because if they do, I might actually order that. Not Maybe not this sandwich, though this one does look fucking delicious as well. Yeah, I mean, you can have it. They do a hook like a salad, so you can have it without the bread. Uh, I mean, I like bread. Yeah, who don't like uh, bread? Firehouse. Let's see here. Nope. I didn't think they were on here. So that is unfortunate. It's just outside of my delivery range to be on DoorDash because it's it's in like the next major city over, which again is about 20 minutes away. I was wondering if they would be on here, but they are not. Okay, maybe I have to make a road trip though. I would have to go pick it up. Yeah. But I have eaten here quite a few in the past. Um, I used to have one like less than a mile away when I lived um, a couple, you know, in the about 45 minutes from where I do now okay, uh, yeah. before I moved in with with Justin so Firehouse and Jimmy John's were the two sub places that I would eat at all the time this looks delicious though yeah I am jealous I I definitely go and get one myself yeah yeah this looks great Firehouse has a lot of good sandwiches Good hook. Good hook this week, man. Your hook this week, scouting back to a couple weeks ago with my hook and ladder theater. Right? We got a hook and ladder sub from Firehouse Subs. Lovely. (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. That is your hook of the week this week. Sev, let's move into Ring of Honor. Let's talk about and run down Ring of Honor this past Thursday, May 18th. It was still filmed at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. I assume they have now filmed enough to get them to when Collision starts, right? So I'm assuming last time they filmed at Universal Studios, which was just like two or three weeks ago, they likely taped, maybe not actually, they might actually um, film some Ring of Honor stuff this coming up week in Vegas, like because they're doing quite a few shows for Double or Nothing, right? So maybe they filmed some Ring of Honor. But I don't think actually now that I'm saying that, um, yeah, Rampage is not live this Friday night. So never mind, because that would have been the, the show where they would have filmed it at. So Wednesday night does have Rampage being taped right after Dynamite. So Rampage will not be live this weekend. Okay. So they they likely probably have filmed enough Ring of Honor TV content to take them up to Collision's debut on June 17th because the rumor is, and, and I don't even think it's a rumor anymore. I'm pretty sure it's just confirmed, right? Rampage will be taped every Wednesday after Dynamite. Ring of Honor will be taped every Saturday after Collision. Okay. That's su- supposed to be the way it goes, I believe. Um, or maybe they tape Ring of Honor before Collision so that it's not running so late. They could do it either way, right? Collision starts at 8 p.m. on a Saturday. Maybe they put bell time at 6, so that way they can tape some Ring of Honor prior to the show kicking off. What time does uh, Dynamite work, bell time? 8. Yeah, but Rampage is only an hour. Ring of Honor is generally two hours. So if they taped it after Collision, the crowd would be there till midnight every Saturday night. So I'm thinking they might tape Ring of Honor before Collision from like maybe bell time, you know, doors open at six, bell time 630. That gives them an hour and a half to, and and that's usually all they need because there's usually some talking and, you know, some backstage segments that fill out the remainder of the the two hour time span that Ring of Honor runs weekly. So uh, I'll be curious to see how they actually do it though. Once they start taking Ring of Honor on the road with Collision. But anyway, we're still at Universal Studios. We had two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven matches on Ring of Honor this past Thursday. The opening was insanely fun. We had Ray Phoenix defeating Gringo Loco. Nice. Gringo Loco hit a Canadian Destroyer on Ray Phoenix by jumping off the top rope. Phoenix was standing in the middle of the ring. So Gringo jumps off the top rope, hits this Canadian, like does the movement of the Canadian Destroyer, like jumps behind Phoenix, grabs him. Phoenix then obviously has to jump. 
But man, did they make this look fucking smooth and good. This was insane. This was probably my favorite Canadian story I've seen in a while. Okay. Uh, the, the crowd was absolutely loving this match. Gringo Loco has looked amazing since appearing in Ring of Honor about a month ago and has consistently appeared in Ring of Honor now since then. Has not appeared with GCW since he came over to Ring of Honor. Okay. So. Um, I do wonder if he might actually be signed signed at this point. But um, yeah, he looked really strong. Obviously, Ray Phoenix did get the victory. He's one half of the ROH tag champs. But man, this match was good. Willow Nightingale defeated Maddie Renkowski. The Iron Savages, Boulder and Bronson with Jacked Jameson. So they have a massive just like uh, they, they are just going all in with this weightlifting gimmick and screaming out to the crowd who are we iron savages who are we it's kind of dumb but uh they they defeated in their roh debut pretty peter avalon and ryan nemeth the wingmen are now in ring of honor christopher daniels the ringmen exactly (laughs) christopher daniels and matt seidel defeated cole carter and zach clayton lady frost defeated miranda alizé Lady Frost picking up her first victory in ROH. She had lost her previous three matches, so this was her first victory. Angelico and Serpentico, Spanish Announced Project, or Spanish Announced Team, whatever they're fucking called. Uh, I think it's Spanish Announced Project, right? SAT is another tag team. Yeah. Uh, defeated Cheeseburger and Eli Isom. I was actually very, very happy to see Angelico and Serpentico get the victory here. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated A.R. Fox to retain the NJPW TV title in a hell of a match. That sounds like it'd be a good, very, very good match, yeah. Yep. Gates of Agony's Khan and Toa Leonoa defeated Dalton Castle and Boy. And I don't know. It, it was either Brent or Brandon Boy. I don't know which one it was. But, uh, yeah, Dalton Castle and Boy lost to the Gates of Agony. (laughs) Shane Taylor, Anthony Henry, and J.D. Drake, so the workhorsemen, or the other half of the rest of, well, I guess not, considering Cesar Benoni wasn't on there, but, you know, more of the wingmen. Anthony Henry should just be in the wingmen. Defeated Shafe, Ricky Gibson, and Eddie Pearl in some trios action. Mercedes Martinez defeated Ashley Dambois. And in the main event, which was another hell of a match, Action Andretti and Darius Martin defeated the Kingdoms, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, in a fight without honor tag team match. Okay. This was another hell of a fucking show, man. Ring of Honor's weekly TV show is great. Sounds very fun. Um, Is uh, Mercedes Martinez, is this her first time back in a while? Yeah. First time since, I think, losing the title, yeah. Yes, the first time we'd seen her in quite some time. Nigel McGuinness, obviously, on Commentary Weekly. So I know you'd enjoy this. You really need to start watching Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm like, I've got a few pennies. I'm going to just start buying it. It's worth it. Especially now if the Wigmen are going to be on Ring of Honor. Man, it might be the only place you get to see Pretty Peter. Yeah, only buying my pretty pretty picks. (laughs) And uh, you're... you're uh, workhorseman, you're a big fan of Anthony Henry and JD Drake. I'm a big fan of Anthony Henry, Anarchy Henry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you are. <laughs> this, this was a good show. This was a good one. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to this Wednesday. We have a uh, ROH tag titles on the line on Dynamite this Wednesday night. Nice, nice. Yeah, good. So we'll see. I'm actually curious to see what they do next Thursday too, since it's technically the final Ring of Honor before Double or Nothing, but there's no like Ring of Honor representation at the pay per view. So I'm curious to see if maybe there will be right. Maybe we get some sort of ROH match at Double or Nothing, and that might just be set up on Thursday. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe a smart move to just like just to put it on the pay per view. Put it on the buy-in, like God, these are even on the buy-in. Correct. Yeah. Talents, come check out ROH as well. Just yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe they bring Katsuyori Shibata because I he has a title match coming up soon. Um, maybe they bring him in to defend the title at uh, at Double or Nothing, the pure title. Yeah, yeah. that's a very very smart move. 
They did just say, yeah, his next, according to Fightful, there will be an ROH taping while AEW is in Las Vegas. Oh, so they are going to tape Ring of Honor in Vegas on okay. Wednesday. Oof, man. Those people are going to be there for six hours. That's okay. Um, But he is there to defend the title against Alex Coughlin on the June 1st episode. So what gets taped on Wednesday will air on June 1st. So he will be in town for the pay-per-view, right? Because he's going to be there this Wednesday night. Okay, I think yeah, it would yeah. make sense to put Shibata on the pay-per-view against somebody for the ROH Pure title. Yeah, yeah. It just makes sense to put him on the pay-per-view. Don't know. Just makes sense. No, we'll see what they do. Uh, but moving into Rampage this past Friday at a special start time of 6.30 p.m. because of all the, you know, NHL and NBA playoff season going on. Uh, did not mention when we talked about Dynamite, but this was at the Moody Center in Austin, Texas still. You and I ranked five things. Five we'll flip. things. Yep, we'll flip and I will take the lows and you'll take the highs now. So I will kick us off with number five on my list. And number five for me is what they did with Jade Cargill. Okay. Uh, I had the number three. Okay. So they had Jade Cargill quickly defeat Danny B in a squash match to get to 58 and 0. And Mark Sterling's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not, look, we're at 58 and 0. Let's do better. Let's get to 59. Jade can go again. So they bring out a second person and it ends up being, I think her name was Genesis. And Genesis or maybe Genocide comes to the ring and... She gets squashed, so now Jade's 59-0, and 0, and Mark's like, oh, wait a second, we're so close, let's just get to 60-0. and 0. And they bring another jobber out, but this jobber, they did not even introduce her, so I don't even know what her name was, but... um. She gets attacked by the returning Taya Valkyrie, who makes a statement by hitting Jade with Rhodes to Valhalla uh, after knocking Layla Gray off the apron. And now we got our rematch for Double or Nothing. Taya taken on Jade for the TBS title. Yeah. See, I, I thought this was funny. I thought this was very, like, tongue-in-cheek at the fact that Jade gets all these squashes all the time. Um, so I think they played into it quite well. I'm not super happy with the ending of it, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but then there was one spot in one squash match i think it was the second one against genesis uh where jay did a spear oh my god she says she's just like straightened her body out and if you've ever seen like those where they used to like uh castles to fortify castles and they just put like big spikes in the ground um, <laughs> and the horses would run into them it was, it's horrific but yeah jade essentially looked like she was just a, a pike in the ground and she like yeah went through this lady uh, it was rough looking but i thought it was a very cool spear um, yeah, I, th- I thought this was a funny segment. I thought it was hilarious that they were inflating her victories. Like, mm-hmm. WCW used to inflate Goldberg's victories, so I thought it was kind of funny that they did this. But I also hated it at the same time. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah, and I also don't think that Taya Valkyrie looked all that impressive coming out to make the save. Like, mm-hmm. I like her. I like Taya Valkyrie. I do. She has a good look, but I've never connected that well with her. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see what they do, and I'll be curious to see how we go when we make our predictions later on. Nice, nice, nice. So one on your list. Number one on my list is I'm pretty sure how they opened uh, the BCC versus the Best Amigos. That's my number one as well. The only thing it could have been. Yeah, yeah. This was a very good match. Um, uh, the more and more I see of the Best Amigos, the more and more I'm liking them. I think very much that Bandido joining Trent and he fits. Like I didn't think he fit at first but god damn he's fitting yeah yeah the more he the more he's with trent and chuck i think he's revitalizing them because now they're like now they're a trio and it's not just the tag team that follow orange cassidy around because orange cassidy is in right orange cassidy is not even mentioned in the same sentence anymore as best amigos no no so i'm sure they're still friends it's just like yeah they can now do their own thing without just being orange's chaperones um 
but yeah, uh, Bandido was super impressive. We got a nice, uh, like a springboard into, it's almost like a sunset flip Hurricane Rana thing. Um, very, very, very cool. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rey Mysterio used to pull that off, like, back in his heyday. Um, but then we also did get uh, Bandido catching Uter off the top rope, which was pretty impressive. Because, like, Bandido, he's very strong, but he doesn't look very big. But, yeah, it was very good. And then we got uh, we got a tease from Awful Waffle off Chuck, which was uh, a shame we didn't actually get. But, yeah, I thought this was a very, very strong opener. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. How did it end? Mox hit Chuck with the Death Rider. And then, and then he, Claude, he got, uh... Claudio threw Yuta off the top for a rocket, like their splash thing onto, yeah, yeah. onto Chucky e. T. So yeah, basically Mox's death rider was the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a BCC. We didn't expect them to lose, but I think of course this, leading into this... anarchy in the arena. Of course, they're not going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I think this did wonders for um, the best amigos to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think they, they could be in line in the future for a trio's title shot. So yeah, let's see Those how they do. Witches on the ring side again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, number four for me. Number four on my list is the in-ring segment with the Hardys and Brothers A. Right. You disappoint me. This was number two on my list. Number two on your list. Okay. I. Uh, I mean, it was all right. But what was what was great about this? I mean, we had a match get announced for the pay-per-view. It's a trios match, so it's Matt and Jeff Hardy with Isaiah Cassidy. Hardy Party, as they call themselves, taking on Ethan Page and the Guns, where if Matt wins or the Hardy Party team wins, Ethan Page's contract is now under Matt Hardy. Um, but there was nothing special here. Why was this number two for you? <laughs> there was everything special about this. Um, yeah, I didn't care about Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy or uh, brother Isaiah, brother K or whatever. It was it was purely Ethan Page. From the moment Ethan Page like walked down that ramp, he got in that ring and he was cutting the spiel. He's like, "Look, dude, you don't have to do this." Like Matt, we've been friends a long time, and it's like Isaiah, I was there for you when like Quinn was injured. Like, who was the first person to ring you? We were gonna we were gonna be a tag team together. We we call the moan event um the moan was, event that was fucking funny he was like I remember i was the only one egging you on to like moan more when everyone was saying it was stupid and i was thinking Dude, this is very funny and then he goes to hug him and he hugs him i'm like oh ethan's a good guy and then the guns jump in from the back and and um hit the hardies and i was like no ethan no we were going so well um, <laughs> i completely bit into he was just trying to be like no don't 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 i don't want to lose my contract to Matt hardy uh we we're actually friends guys i like you but no he was being dastardly um and i brought into it and i thought it was fun i thought it was great fair okay i uh i did not <laughs> you and i were talking in discord right you're like you're like is that on the buy-in i was like it should be it won't be but it should be a zero hour match yeah yeah i mean they only had be fair the guns were tag champions but uh i don't think they're still seen as if you put the guns in a standard match i'd expect them to be on the buy-in um as you said i think it's jeff hardy matt hardy the name recognition in it yep and it's more jeff coming back from what happened to him and right being gone for so long this is his first pay-per-view back there's no way they put him on the zero hour show so this match will be on the main card um i hope the guns come out to 50 cent again yeah i really really do We'll see. We'll see. Uh, back to you. Back to me. Uh, I've only got my number four and my number five left. I got my two and three. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the highest, aren't I? Number uh, number four uh, for me is uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Bishop Khan. That was my number two. And it's not that I liked this. 
It's not that I liked it. Rampage, again, was just very, very average. Okay, we have different opinions. Um, yeah, I thought this match was very distracting. Like, Dustin got busted open right near the beginning of the match and was bleeding fucking everywhere. But while this was going on... I liked on, that. Obviously, I like blood, so I do appreciate that, which is why I ranked it higher. I like blood. Yeah, yeah. But while this was going on, um, Excalibur was going, like, pretty much, here's your full match card for Double or Nothing. It was like, this match, and then this match, and then this match. So I was, while this match was going on, I was processing everything that Excalibur had just <laughs> told me and wasn't really able to concentrate on what what was actually going on in the match, to be fair. Um, but it was, it was Dustin, and I'm not uh, going to harp on and say he was shit, but he is old. So it was very much like a, a slow toddy, like uh, take a couple of moves, do some clubbing blows, um, add in the effects that he was bleeding everywhere. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't an incredibly strong match. But of course he was going to get the victory here. Oh, They're yeah, in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah, he was not losing. Texas. Yeah, no. he, had his, he had his final reckoning to get the win. And then the fucking star, Brian Cage, runs into the ring and power bombs him right after, which uh, brings swerve into the ring and then of course Keith Lee coming down to even up the uh, even up the odds make the save and uh, they eventually take out Keith Lee as well so I think this is setting up swerving Keith Lee for the pay-per-view that should get confirmed this week mm-hmm. I did it like should. the I did like the um, swerve doing his double foot stomp to Keith Lee on the chair um, it almost looked like you know when they do like a table spot and the table doesn't break yeah like Keith, Keith Lee was that big that like swerve sort of just like stood on his chest and he didn't really move yeah they were lucky that the chair actually gave way um, I thought that was very funny yep so I liked the I liked the build after this match right I, it should have now confirmed we are going to get something out of this at the pay-per-view I hope it is just Keith Lee taking on Swerve Strickland I think that makes the most sense there's no need to involve Dustin there's no need to involve the rest of the mogul embassy have a singles match fuck put a stippy on it if you want to and call it a day nothing. yeah yep that means we have one thing left. It's my number three and your number five. Yeah, and I think these guys these guys always seem to like hit the middle of the road, don't they, in our rankings? Yeah, Daddy Ass and the Acclaim taking on Varsity Athletes, Tony Nese, uh, Josh Woods, and Ari Davari. Um, nothing special. The match didn't last long. I mean, it get, lasted longer than Jade's stuff, but, I mean, it was the shortest match besides the squashes, right? It was came in at right around seven minutes. Uh, lasted longer than I thought it probably needed to. I don't, again, think it was anything amazing. I just didn't have anywhere else to put it and I didn't like uh the Hardy segment and Jade stuff more than this so it came in at number three yeah um I had it at number five bottom of my list um but that's just because I enjoyed everything else more um and this was this was like one of the only things this week that didn't feel like it had build uh yeah it's essentially they're in line for a title shot with the House of Black uh, but that wasn't going anywhere here if you get me like they did win that Trust Myers match a few weeks ago but then this week it was just face to face the varsity athlete in what is just longer than a squash match um, and then off you go it's kind of like oh, are they are we getting House of Black at the pay-per-view are we not because um, if we are then maybe maybe, maybe let us know well, we're getting the House of Black on Wednesday. Are we? Yeah, there's a trios title match on Dynamite, so I don't know if we do get them on the pay per view now. Okay. Well, that's a shame. We really should have. I them agree. On the I agree. We need to. I agree. We should. Man, yeah. I agree. They should be on the pay per view, and I hope they are. I hope it's just you know it'll get announced maybe this week. I hope they do have a title shot. They should have a. Or I'm sorry, a title defense at the pay per view. Mm-hmm. They absolutely should, so that way we can get another uh, open house style match to see what they do with it again but yeah i just don't know that we do yeah, so yeah I, I, I still like the acclaim i still very much uh enjoy seeing them i just want i just wanted some storyline that's who we thought we're gonna get the title shot of the pay-per-view 
badassly yeah, acclaimed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I ranked this di- or this rampage, all being said, two and a half stars. I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, you definitely you definitely sat a bit higher than I did on both shows. You were a full star higher on both Dynamite and Rampage because I gave Dynamite a three, you gave it a four. I gave Rampage <laughs> a two and a half, you gave it a three and a half. You were a full star higher on both of these shows than I was. Yeah, I like I like my stuff thick and fast. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Looking ahead to this Wednesday night on Dynamite, we are going to be live at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. If I was still living out there, I would fucking for sure be there. Uh, The final stop before Double or Nothing, of course. It is a dual taping, so Dynamite Rampage being taped this Wednesday night, as well as Ring of Honor, apparently. Um, Quite a bit of things to look forward to here. We will hear from, like mentioned earlier, the four pillars ahead of the main event at Double or Nothing. So MJF, Sammy, Darby, Jungle Boy, all with a mic. What can go wrong? Uh, we will hear from FTR after getting attacked by Karen Jarrett. So I'm sure we'll get an appearance from Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Karen during this segment. <laughs> we will hear from Ricky Starks, which should confirm and set up our rematch at Double or Nothing with Jay White. There will be a contract signing between Chris Jericho and Adam Cole leading up to their unsanctioned match at the pay-per-view. Taya Valkyrie takes on Lady Frost in singles action. The AEW International title will be on the line as Orange Cassidy defends against Kyle Fletcher from Aussie Open. The AEW Trios titles are on the line is the House of Black defends against Ring of Honors, A.R. Fox, Metalik, and Blake Christian. And in the, uh, what I assume will probably be the main event, but maybe not, but I assume it will be. The ROH tag titles on the line is Lucha Bros defend against Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Utah. Hmm, that's that's odd. There's a lot of ROH next week, though, isn't there? There is, yeah. It's it's like yeah, it's like this week was the go home show, and next week. I know. Like, that's why I'm uh, saying, like, I'm I'm a little little concerned as they they they've been kind of fumbling their go home shows as of late. Um, we'll see what they do. Yeah, that's why I'm and, thinking there might be an ROH title match announced at the pay per view. Yeah, and if that tag team match is the main event, like BCC have got an anarchy in the arena match at the pay per view, like they're not exactly going to take a locks a week before the. No, I think they will. The elite attacks them and causes like a disqualification or something you know what i mean like and then there's a brawl to end dynamite there we go yeah you know what i mean there we go (laughs) that's why i think it actually closes obviously the lucha bros are not going to drop the titles here they shouldn't but the bucks omega hangman right they're going to come down they're going to just start kicking the shit out of claudio and wheeler which is going to bring out mox and danielson and then there will be a massive brawl to close out dynamite yeah all over the arena wicked that's how i would book it anyway but um yeah, it's an all right dynamite. We'll see how it goes. Nothing confirmed for this Friday night. I imagine we will get at least one match that probably would have been on the pay-per-view, like that could have been a pay-per-view match that'll happen on Rampage. They usually do that. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But we won't know anything about Rampage until probably Wednesday night when they'll confirm everything that'll be on Friday. But that brings us to Sunday, right? Double or nothing, 2023 from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, you and I will be sitting down, I think, right after to record. Like we, You're off on Monday the 29th, right? I am. As am I. It is Memorial Day, so you and I will be able to sit down right after the pay-per-view ends to record our Looking Back at Double or Nothing 2023 review. Um, Should be a lot of fun. But before we do that, we, of course, need to make some predictions. So you and I, I sent you my list of what I reasonably think will be at this pay-per-view, and that includes... The few matches that um, that have not been confirmed, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they will be. We're going to run down everything that's going to happen at Double or Nothing, make our predictions, and see where we end up. Do you want to just go in the order that I... No, no, I'm going to go in a different order. 
I'm just going to mix it up. I put on here because I didn't want to forget because I do want to mention it as we move into our predictions, right? The Owen Hart Cup opening ceremony is taking place at Double or Nothing. They did say that. They have not said it again since, but when they announced the tournament, they did say the opening ceremony, including an appearance by Martha Hart, would be at Double or Nothing. So I assume that that is still happening. Do you think anything happens during this opening ceremony? I expect us to get um, someone announced for the men's and someone announced for the women's. I agree. I think they announce our first participants. However, I also think it's not out of the realm of possibility for us to get an appearance in some way by the hitman Bret Hart. Okay, that's that's reachy reachy. Um, it is because of his, you know, Martha's not a huge fan of him. Yeah, and he's quite as fun as CM Punk is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can you can you can have that little segment if you want it. But yeah, I don't I don't. Um, I'm not particularly holding on hope for Bret Hart to turn up. I think, yeah, we get we get someone for the women's uh, who's not on the AEW roster and someone for the men's who's not on the AEW roster. Um, not necessarily okay. like massive stars, massive talent, but... Right. You know, like Canadians, though. Canadians, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah maybe so. maybe they announced Davey Boy Smith Jr. for the men's. That'd be fun. That he should have be, been yeah. there. He should have been there last time. He's not Canadian, obviously. He is British, unfortunately, like you are. But, um... Unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> uh, all right, let's go into the actual matches. I want to start with just the singles matches, right? Nothing with okay. nothing, no stipulations. So let's start with Swerve Strickland taking on Keith Lee. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I don't uh, really you, care. You can take this one because I don't really care. Okay, I assume this match gets confirmed, right? Regular, just old singles match between Swerve and Keith Lee. If it does, I'm taking Swerve Strickland to win. Okay, I've got Dan Keefley to win. Okay, fair. We're already starting off different. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and I just think, for me, it makes sense for Swerve to win here. Like, he's got way more momentum right now, right, than than Keith Lee or Dustin or anyone else involved in the storyline, including the entire Mogul Embassy. I think Swerve should be built up to maybe be a focus on either Dynamite or Rampage once we have this quote-unquote brand split. I think he should win. Okay, I understand that. I think I was just coming from the perspective of like we have took Keithley out with a cinder block stomp and now Fair. he's back and he's kind of you're looking at the revenge side of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me to put him down again. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do agree. Swerve has got a fair amount of momentum, so he should probably win. All cool. right, our other singles match that has yet to be confirmed, which should be this Wednesday. Let's go, Jay White taking on Ricky Starks. Who are you taking here? Um, I'm taking Ricky Starks. <laughs> I'm taking Jay White. <laughs> I'm going to go with Switchblade here. I think there is some sort of stipulation that gets attached to this match. I would not be opposed to it being if Ricky Starks loses, he has to join Bullet Club Gold. I think we're getting something more than this. Um, I think because Juice interrupted in this match, Ricky's going to be like, oh, you obviously won't play singles matches. So therefore, I challenge you to attack a tag match um, and I'll bring a mystery partner. Who's a mystery partner? I see at the beginning of the match, uh, Switchblade mocked Tanahashi. So okay. I'm thinking... Maybe we get Ricky and Tanahashi, or we could get Ricky and someone else from New Japan, therefore leading this storyline back to Jay White. Yeah, 
Forbidden Door and Jay White and the Bullet Club in New Japan. So I think maybe yeah, that's what it's this might lead into. not out of the realm of possibility if they do that, because I was sort of thinking along the lines of if they do put the stipulation on here that if Ricky Starks loses, he has to join BC Gold, maybe we see another member debut that causes interference that helps Jay White win, right? Because everyone's going to be expecting juice. Mm-hmm. What if we got Tomatonga? Yeah, what if Tomatonga is Ricky's Or what if Tomatonga is Ricky's partner, but at the pay-per-view, he turns on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That would be sick. Tomatonga, technically, I think, a free agent. Yeah, from what I've heard, I don't think he's... Uh... With New Japan at the moment, so it could yeah, happen. It could happen. I'm excited if it does. Our last match. Well, okay. I guess we are getting into stipulations now um, because every other match has a stipulation confirmed or a title match on the line or a title on the line. So let's just move into Ethan Page and the Guns taking on Hardy Party. Again, if Hardy Party wins, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. I'm going to go with Hardy Party here. Yeah, I think the Hardy Party might be the easiest thing to predict here. Uh, It's the only thing that keeps Ethan Page in the storyline. Um, but yeah, and the, the Hardys are on track to go for the tag titles. That's where they're aiming. I don't really think the ass boys are doing anything at the moment. Yep. So, so I think this one should be fairly obvious, but I know we've, we've been wrong before. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to our unsanctioned match. Adam Cole taking on Chris Jericho. Who are you going with? Oh, I'm going to say Adam Cole. Adam Cole is, I think, the right call here. And I do think Adam Cole will be the one to go on to now challenge MJF next or whoever wins the Pillars Fuego four-way, right? Like Adam Cole's theoretically probably next in line. Yeah, uh, we were expecting Adam Cole to be the uh, challenger at Double Nothing. To be this one, exactly. Yeah, so it should yeah. make sense that he gets he gets next, whether it's Forbidden Door, which it shouldn't be, right? Because that should be AEW versus New Japan. Um, do they stretch Adam Cole all the way out to either All In in Wembley or All Out in Chicago? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think they would. He's so babyface, isn't he? Yeah, or, he, yeah theoretically, he or he or he will be or positioned as it soon yeah. so yeah but yeah i think adam cole should get the victory here jericho doesn't need it jericho is more he's more about just making people look good right he's at the end of his career sort of i mean he's still got plenty of time left if he wants to go he still looks great but he's not in it for himself anymore he's more about making others look good he doesn't even yeah. win here so no it just means it's just uh jericho doesn't go more than like two or three matches without getting a win back and then also if they are uh stretching this storyline out then maybe jericho does win but i hope not all right now we're just going to go down the list from here on out so yeah. next up would be anarchy in the arena we have the BCC's Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Utah taking on the elites, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks. Who are you going with? You got the BCC. I'm going with BCC as well. Yeah, I think they. I think this this feud is now heating up. Um, yeah, I it's think- not over. Now that Omega, yeah. now that Omega and Hangman are technically back together, Hangman with the Elite, right? This is not over. So I expect BCC to win, and maybe, maybe we still get a five v five blood on guts in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. There's still time for Takeshita to reinvolve himself, uh, and I think we've missed off from the the opening, the ending segment for Dynamite is that after the BCC came down, Don Callis disappeared. Like, he did. He was not associated with the BCC. Yeah, he, he ran away. Not, yes, he is not BCC uh, affiliated. 
So that's that's very interesting. But yeah, yeah, I definitely think the BCC will uh, will will get this win. Yep, me too. I agree. Next up, we have the TNT title on the line in a ladder match as Wardlow defends against Christian Cage. This is me, right? Yeah, because you just went first last time. I'm going to take, and I don't like it, but I'm taking Wardlow to retain. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm obviously going with Christian. I think the Christian's uh, the, the better person in this TNT feud, but I'd like Christian to win it. All right. Um, next up, we have the international title on the line in a 21-man blackjack battle royal. Now, I don't quite know what a blackjack battle royal means. Um, I don't know if that is just like a casino battle royal, right? Like, I don't know if it's going to be people coming down separately. I don't know if it's going to be done in suits. I don't know if it's going to be anything. We know so far Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and QT Marshall are involved, yeah, right? Yeah, Th- yeah, those yeah. three are involved. But there are 17 other competitors outside of Orange Cassidy who has to be involved since he is the international champion that will be in this battle royal. So this makes it a little hard to predict. But well, imagine it'll be like Butcher and Blade, stuff like that. Right, right. So we just have to go off of who we actually think is going to win. So, And it could be anybody at this point. So just pick a name. Who are you taking to win the Blackjack Battle Royal and, and walk out with the international title? Orange Cassidy. You're going with OC to retain? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a smart call. And I actually think it's probably the safest call, but I'm going to go with Miro. Okay, that's very, very cool. I like I like that idea a lot. Um, no, what I'm predicting is that Orange Cassidy will win this match, but then he'll get he'll lose it next week. He'll lose it the following week straight away. Okay, so he survives the battle royal, but then falls like a week after or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he gets his one last like hoorah, look at me, um, look what I accomplished, and then he's just far too broken and beaten to get through the next. Fair, okay, fair enough. I would love to see Miro obviously return here. We uh, we did see him two weeks ago on Dynamite walking into TK's office. We know he's going to be a focal point now that collision's coming back on one of the shows likely collision since he's front and center on the graphic for it mm-hmm. but um now that he's back it would be nice to just skyrocket him because it's what needs to happen put a title on him have him be your focal point of a new show yeah yeah i'd be cool with that I, w- I wouldn't mind like oc winning this match and then the following week it'd be oc versus miro and we can all be like yeah he's not being miro correct uh, all right. I think we might have screwed this up, but that's okay. We're just going to keep going in the order we're doing it now. I think I might have went back to back twice, but that's all right. Uh, next up, we have the TBS title on the line. Jade Cargill defends against Taya Valkyrie. I would take, and this is where I'm curious to see if you do as well. I'm going Jade to retain. Yeah, I'm going Jade to retain. Yeah. I'm going to take Jade that, to retain here. They did that awful thing where um, it's like classic WWE move. You have like heel versus face, like they face off a week before the pay-per-view happens. And then the 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 face makes the heel tap or something. Uh, then come the pay per view, that won't happen again. So I mean, they should have saved Ayers Roads to Valhalla to Jade till the pay per view. She shouldn't have hit it here. Agreed. Now she's hit it here. She's not hitting at the pay per view. Or if she does, Jade kicks out, which would be yeah. also a sight to see. This could be. If done correctly, this could be a good match to help put more legitimacy behind Jade's title reign to where, you know, she has some high quality wins as well. Because mm-hmm. most of her wins have been shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 26 or 27, or the least. Yeah, more than half, right? Way more than half have been absolute squash shit matches. So... If Statlander is close to returning, I don't know if she is, but she should be soon. If she's getting close, having Jade go over Taya here in an actual legit victory, right? Not a squeaker win. Mm-hmm. One with one that 
Ty is technically able to use her entire arsenal of moves, right? She's reinstated. She's allowed to hit Roads to Valhalla at the pay-per-view. Um, having her lose and Jade win could set up a an actual return for Statlander here in the future. Yeah, cool. So we'll see. We will see. Next up, we have the tag team titles on the line with Mark Briscoe as the special guest referee. FTR defends against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Who are you going with? I think this would be an easy FTR. You're going FTR? Yeah, yeah. I am taking Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Ooh, that's, that's a great prediction. No, I think if we're getting the Hardys uh, title run, I think the Hardys versus FTR makes more sense than the Hardys versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Sure, it makes more sense, but it's then face v face, and I think the Hardys have a better chance at winning if it is Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, also am unsure if the Hardys are next in line for the tag titles after this, and I also think that could come into play. The Hardys might be saved closer to all out or, you know, all in even, I guess, in, in the UK. Um, so there could be another team that is in between the Hardys before they get their shot. Um, not that that team would win against either FTR or Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, right? I think whoever wins here is going to be the one that does defend against the Hardys. But um, I just think it's smart to put it on Jeff and Jay right now because of how hot and how exciting they've been week in and week out. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I think I remember saying when uh, Jeff came into AEW that like, if they whatever they're gonna do with him, they need to do it and do it quickly before like he breaks. And that's not like a falling off a wagon. It's just like he does do some reckless shit in the ring, um, and he is getting on a bit. So yeah, I think. And all... you're talking Jeff Hardy, not Jeff Jarrett, obviously. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Hardy. So I think yeah, putting the belts on him, putting the belts on them at all in would be uh, a great show. To be fair. I think them getting them over TR would be nicer. Okay, fair. I could be wrong. Them, them beating down Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal might be a, a load <laughs> of fun, to be fair, yeah. Either, either one, I'm not I'm not too um, fast who wins this match, to be fair. But That's I'm fair. It's, I think Mark Briscoe will somehow play a play a deciding factor in who wins this match so somehow some way right mark briscoe will will play a deciding factor yeah so yeah we'll see what happens and it could be accidental right so maybe he tries to help ftr win but he cash. doesn't yeah maybe he accidentally helps jeff and jay win and he has to count <laughs> to three because that's he's the referee so accidentally takes them out and then accidentally has to count for them exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic next up we got the women's title on the line as jamie hater defends against tony storm this is me. I am going with Tony Storm. Yeah, that's who I've got, Brian. And I don't like it one bit. You're going Tony as well? Yeah, I'm going Tony Storm. Um, okay. As I said before, this is definitely not the build we were meant to get. This is this feels like um, Tony Interim Storm. Uh, Peter uh, might be legitimately injured, but not injured so much that she can pull off a match, whether that's a five-minute match or a quick disqualification. A quick... Yeah. But, Match, I think she's actually hurt, right? I think she yeah, actually yeah. needs some time off. But here's the thing. How much time does she need? Because what I'm what I'm thinking, Tony wins, Jamie gets it back and all in in UK. <laughs> Everything's going to all in. I love it. Um, but it makes sense, right? It's a homecoming for Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. Tony Storm made a name for herself in the UK. Obviously, she's Australian, but she made a name for herself before she came to the US in the UK. So these two girls as a marquee match at All In in Wembley with Jamie winning in front of her hometown crowd would be massive to get the title back. Yeah, see, I think uh, going back to the injury thing, I think they probably set it up when when they did that like injury angle with Storm like kicking uh, Hater's arm against the steps. Yeah. They're probably like, okay, we'll give you a bit of time um, and she's obviously had like two or three weeks and they're like okay yeah no she's not she's not healed so we 
really to sort of uh, ruffle around and change this up. Um, right. So I'll be interested to see what happens at the pay-per-view. But yeah, we haven't seen Hater for a few weeks. So this is a I have a feeling game. she's going to be heavily taped up come Dull or Nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. She's going to be heavily taped up and heavily protected, maybe, if she actually is injured. Yeah, maybe she gets attacked before the match happens. And then, yeah. Yep. This, is, this, this, this isn't going to be a Jamie Hater bar burner um, that we used to. And if it is, I'll be absolutely shocked. But. Right, right. I do think something something weird happens here. Tony walks out. But again, if Jamie doesn't need a ton of rehab time, right, if it's not a super serious injury, but maybe just one that would keep her out for a couple months, mm-hmm. if she can get in line to return by the UK pay-per-view, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Which then brings us to our main event, a Pillars Fatal 4-Way for the AEW World title as MJF defends against Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy. Who are you taking? Uh, it's going to be Mr. MJF, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going MJF as well. MJF to still retain here. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone really who should bet against MJF here. I agree. I think it's obviously the only way this match can go. Obviously, they could pull a swerve, but it's not going to happen. Like, the rest of these three guys cannot carry your company right now. MJF still can. Exactly. So, that one should go the way of MJF. Which means we did differ on several of these matches. The tag titles, Battle Royal, TNT title, um, Swerve Keith Lee, Jay White Ricky, right? We, we We definitely have some differences here, which is unusual. We, we normally align, so I like that. Uh, the last pay-per-view, the only thing we got different was the uh, main event, wasn't it? So. It was, yeah. So I like that we are spread out across the board here. It makes it more fun as we watch it. And obviously, if you're listening to this in enough time, drop in our Discord server. Let us know what your predictions are. Let us know who you think is going to walk out of these matches as the winner. We'd yeah, love to so know. Tell Brian how wrong he is. <laughs> We'd love to know your thoughts. <laughs> Oh, but man, we did it. We are about done with the show. Before we get out of here, you know what we still need to do, though. We need to hit the gong because it's time for the burial ground. Last week, Sev, I sent Miro up and Don Callis down for uh, for making a bad choice and turning on <laughs> Kenny Omega, greatest pro wrestler of all time. You don't turn on the god of pro wrestling, but he did, so I sent him down. This week, the honor goes to you. Burial ground, who's coming up? Who's going down? Uh, so this week, going down, she did lose on, um, she lost on Ring of Honor, and now she's working concession. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it's, it's Matty Rankowski. <laughs> all right, Matty Rankowski going down to the concession stand. Um, and then coming up, this... Uh, coming up this week I think they'll get more time to shine when Collision comes around it's, uh, it's Best Amigos okay I like that Best Amigos definitely uh, definitely on the rise obviously they're not really winning but they look really good yeah I think they're not winning cause, just because they're getting put against like well, Blackpool Combat Club and yeah stuff like massive names right now yeah but once they get their own sort of space and they put them against like a lower card once they put them against like the varsity athletes and stuff then uh, they'll get their chance to pull off their awful waffles and all their stuff so yeah nice i look forward to it well there you go nice burial ground this week maddie rinkowski going down to the concession stands and best amigos on the rise i like it i like it all right i was actually just looking on AEW's website right now and i realized they have a podcast section so they have seven podcasts right AEW unrestricted the sessions with renee grilling jr talk is jericho swerve city podcast i think that's the rj's podcast right art of wrestling with colt cabana and what happened when with tony shivani what do we have to do guys Guys, if you're listening, what do we have to do to get Blood and Destroyers to be an actual AEW sponsored podcast? What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Point someone my direction. I would love for someone to hover over the podcast section of AEW's website and see Blood and Destroyers listed. What do I got to do? You let me know, guys. You let me know. 
probably got to let me go because I keep calling Dustin Rhodes shit. Yeah. Probably. If I got to get rid of Sev, I will. <laughs> give me a give me give me a co-host from AEW and Sev's gone. Put mm-hmm. Dustin on the show. I'll kick Sev out. And no, I'll go, I'll go Texas. I'll sort it out myself. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in the show notes will be a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, interact with us. Come drop in your double or nothing predictions. Let us know what you think. Closing out the show this week, of course, it's going to be theme song of the week. Last week, Sev, I went with Aussie Open. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. This week, honor falls to you. What's our theme song of the week this week? Man, we didn't discuss this before we started recording. We sure didn't. So let's see how you do. And you're probably going to hate me for this um, because I didn't really have a choice. But um, I find it so magical that um, you're going to have a bit of a challenge on your hands. This week, my theme song is going to be um, the sea of booze that Don Carlos received. <laughs> <laughs> Don Callis' entrance music in the sea of booze. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I'm sure I can whip something together. So our theme this week's called No Pleasure, Don Callis. Yeah. All right. Your theme, it shouldn't be a very long theme song then. Just going to be a chorus of booze. Maybe that's what they'll call it, a chorus of booze. Yeah. Uh, there was a band, I forget what their name was. They had a song called Chorus of Angels. Maybe Don Callis' theme song will be called Chorus of Booze. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, we will close out with that. Now hit the booze. Excalibur, thanks a lot. It gives me absolutely no pleasure to introduce this man, ladies and gentlemen, Don Callis. There you see the security flanking the ramp. Taz, what Don Callis did one week ago, just unconscionable, totally... I don't know. I'm still speechless. Yeah, and I'll shock a lot of people here, a live audience here, just to see of hatred and booze. What he did, Don Callison, a man who's referred to Kenny Omega throughout the years as a son, the son he never had. And then to take that screwdriver and stab Kenny in the face with it, just despicable, disgusting. Hopefully we find out why as All right. we're in flattering chant. You Deserve can hear it. the fan yeah, hear the fans response. You can see it on the, the big screen here. Don Callis, why?